there's no growth mm-hmm. there. And when there's no growth, there's no money. So, so I'm, I'm out. <laughs> Consider this your fair warning. We talk fast, we move fast, we swear fast. So if you're listening at 2XP, you may miss some content, but you also miss the F-bombs. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Holland. You're listening to Ask Your Workwife, where every week we answer your questions about how to get more out of corporate America. Hello, Workwives. This is Christina from Boise, Idaho. How do you get over imposter syndrome? I can't help the feeling of imposter syndrome every time I start a new job, and it makes me want to just give up the second things get hard. It's only day three for me in a new position and I really feel like quitting because it's all so new and I can't stop being so hard on myself when I don't immediately understand how to do something or I feel like I'm asking too many questions. It's so frustrating. Please help. Christina, first of all, welcome. Uh, Welcome, yeah. You're not alone. Everyone feels like this. Like, I don't know, on some level... This episode is like three seconds long. If you're not feeling imposter syndrome, you're not doing it right. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Cue the music. (laughs) Vanessa's absolutely right. Everyone feels it. Everyone is an imposter. There's a weird paradox about it. And if you're feeling it, you're on the right track. Absolutely. One of my greatest indicators is that you're doing it right. Because if you're not feeling it, you're not being stretched. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry. You deserve to be stretched. You're in growth mode. You want more money? That requires you to do more things. You're not going to come out of the womb knowing how to do shit. Yeah. That's not how life works. For those of you just joining us, imposter syndrome refers to an internal experience of believing you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. While this definition is usually narrowly applied to intelligence and achievement, it has links to perfectionism and social context. Thank you. Verywellmind.com. That, that's, that's a very like semi-clinical, whatever, top of the internet definition. But basically what it comes down to is like this feeling that you've achieved something. You've really worked hard for it, but like somehow you still feel like a fraud or like it's especially prevalent when you've just started a new job and you're like, oh shit, how many lies did I really say on my resume? Because these people are going to know shit now, right? Like um, that's, that's kind of the feeling we're talking about. It can be really big and overwhelming. It can be really tiny and kind of nag at you at the back of your head. But either way, it's a real thing and it's a real problem you have to like address. I, I want to like reassure Christina, like first and foremost, you're not alone. Everyone feels this way. You're growing. You're learning. They call it growing pains for a reason. There, There is a strategic time in your career to have a plateau job, one that you know how to do. You can just do with one hand, kind of in 10% of your brain and call it a day. But like, doesn't sound like that's the case. It sounds like you just got a new position, which you obviously like went out for. Congratulations. You got it. Yeah. And like, now you're in it. You're doing the thing, which means... You're learning, you're growing, it's painful, it's uncomfortable, it's ridiculous. And if you've mastered something, Christina, you're going to be bored as fuck. Yes. Like that's not fun either. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to pick between the discomfort of boredom and Mm -hmm. not meeting your potential and not growing versus the discomfort of growing, I know which I'd pick. Absolutely. And like to to this point, I'm going to double down on this, like you're a human being. All the jobs that need to be done over and over and over again have already been replaced by a robot and we're doing more of that. So like for me in my house, when I hire a human, I hire potential. I need you to be growing. I want you to be growing or you're not doing it right. Something that was really crucial in my relationship with this idea of imposter syndrome, which I've completely refined by this point in my career. Good job. Thank you very much. Um, is this idea of turning towards the fear. At every career change in my life, I have also been terrified. You know why you're terrified, Christina? It's because you don't know. 
You yeah. don't know. And guess what? The unknown is terrifying. Has been for thousands of years that of evolution. Is the That's how reason, people not get eaten philosophy, by religion, dinosaurs. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and your brain is built to, fight to focus fight. more on what's dangerous. Oh, totally. <laughs> like I, and I'm stealing this straight from Freakonomics, but like there's a concept of the headwind philosophy. You are more apt to pay attention to the challenges coming straight at you than you are to when that wind shifts and is at your back and suddenly a benefit to you. You'll feel the effects of that for maybe two seconds. And then you go back to thinking, oh my God, my knees hurt. My, the problems. Why am I running in the first place? <laughs> what is happening, right? That's your first problem. So remember, like, remember you're dealing with thousands of years of, of evolution, evolution, human evolution. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, another way to say that is like, it's a survival thing. Yes. Like your brain doesn't benefit that much from focusing on what's good. Your primate brain wants to make sure that you're not going to die in the night via a lion stalking your tribe. And turns out, if in your corporate America job, you're not going to die of a lion stalking you. Not exactly. Not so take the fear. I, I like that you like leaned into it, face it, embrace it, turn it into your motivating factor to like, hey, well, I'm because, doing this right because it's hard. Yeah. Let's go. Every time I choose the fear because boredom is so much worse. Mm-hmm. There's no growth mm-hmm. there. And when there's no growth, there's no money. So, so I'm, I'm out. <laughs> Mic drop, music cue, done. I told you this is like a three second episode. <laughs> Vanessa just mentioned this idea, you deserve to be stretched. And in interest of helping you feel more empowered around this concept, another way of saying that is you deserve to feel imposter syndrome. Yeah, accurate. And we want to give you ways to kind of make that shift in your mind mm-hmm. and reassure you that you are going in the right direction that imposter syndrome is a good thing oh my god i'm so excited let's dig into it we're gonna dig into it after the break then we'll circle back if you have bite-sized information about how to get more at corporate america follow us on instagram at ask your workwife i don't know if these are good ads but i can't tell All right, Christina, we're back and we're really excited to talk to you about how to reframe imposter syndrome so that you see it as a benefit to your growth in your career and getting more out of corporate America rather than a detriment. These reframes matter because words matter. Labeling something bad is almost worse than whether or not it actually is bad. So Uh the fact that we use the words imposter and syndrome to describe this feeling of discomfort is a problem. It's two really negative words. Makes yeah, it sound imposter like a or something like really bad, yeah. like really dangerous even. Yeah. So if we can decouple imposter syndrome from a judgment of bad, that's half the battle. So for example, as it turns out, imposter syndrome and fake it till you make it are actually the same thing. But one happens to be a very positive affirmation and the other one happens to be this crushing weight of awful that we all feel every mm-hmm. day of our lives, mm-hmm. right? So like, what are some other ways we can reframe this? The primary reframe here, Christina, is that imposter syndrome is when active learning and active growing is taking place. You've said it in your question. I feel like quitting because it's also new to me and I can't stop being so hard on myself when I don't immediately understand how to do something. You're never going to immediately understand anything. Anything let's, ever. Let's ever. start there. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And this, there's some, I don't know where it comes from, but like there's some weird pressure that you're expected to walk into the room and suddenly dazzle everyone like you're fucking Einstein. That's not the answer. We talked about this in episode 13, uh, Changing Careers, where we talked a little bit at the end about you don't get paid. Your value at a company isn't even what you do. 
as much as how you think. That's right. And so the That's fact the that you is. don't know how to do something, Vanessa, how many jobs have you known how to do when you started? Oh them? my God. The last three or four, I've been paid to learn how to do the thing they hired me to do. Exactly. They knew up top. I didn't know how to you do, didn't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but you were qualified though. That's right. Super qualified because I, one of my qualifications, one of my X factors is learning things very quickly. So give me a week and I will sort it the fuck out. And that's more impressive than being able to do it on the spot and then not being able to contribute anything to the company after that. And I would say Christina is also capable of learning things very quickly. She just needs to get out of her own head. So that, that's why this reframe exercise is very useful. It says like, okay, let's move from imposter syndrome to active learning, to growing pains, to fake it till you make it, to deserving to be stretched. Like pff, my manager told me that and I was like, I'm still like, it still, still blows my mind. It, yeah. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> this is dedicated to you. You know who you are. <laughs> Something else that can really help you reframe what you're experiencing as imposter syndrome, i.e. growth. Yeah. Growing. Learning. Mm-hmm. Um, is getting some data points that contradict your point of view. Totally. Right? This is like straight up out of the... Brene Brown playbook, like whatever narrative you're making up in your head, don't. The way Vanessa said it to me earlier was seek out narratives that disrupt your current narrative. Yep, totally. If you're feeling imposter syndrome, if you're feeling like you shouldn't be here, you don't deserve to be here, you're, you're asking too many questions, you don't know what you're doing, go find some other data points that mm-hmm. might refute that experience. They can be your own one-on-ones, your own statuses, your past agendas, mm-hmm. your past successes, all those cute little screenshots you took of the Slack channel last time you launched that project. Remember all your wins. Bookmark yes. that shit. I think we've we've talked about keeping a record of your past projects, your past mm-hmm. wins, all of that stuff. So just go look up back at that record and say, oh my God, yes, I did that. It was great. It was amazing. You should have sent them to your personal email all mm-hmm. with the same subject. So <laughs> yeah. uh, go Some find it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, and, and you know, I'm big on like removing ego from the situation, but like there's nothing egoic about going to do this. Like you're trying to disrupt this narrative that it's keeping you from getting what you want and you need to do it quickly. Yeah, it's making you fail. It's making you feel like you're about to quit. And then you're going to start fucking up. And then it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, so so those are all ways to seek out those narratives that disrupt your imposter syndrome. And if we haven't said it already, in your monthly one-on-one, ask your manager. Don't mention imposter syndrome. Just say, yeah. hey, I'm looking for some feedback. How am I doing? They're going to tell you. It may be, you're doing a great job. Great. Believe it when they say it. Believe it. And then number two is, if there's something you're not doing, then you ask them, how do I improve? And they will give you a step-by-step and then you just do it. Don't overthink it. Just execute. And then you have another one of those things to measure, like to measure yourself by and say like, oh, I got asked to improve in this area over the next week, two, three, four, five, six. I have improved in this way by this percentages. I added to the bottom line this way. Like data is your friend in this area. Numbers don't lie. They're hard numbers in front of you. You need to take the hard numbers, put them in front of your face. I don't care if it's on your fucking mirror. Like just believe it because you are there and you are improving. This reminds me of people who are afraid of money. Uh-huh. It's like all they need to do is look at the numbers. Yeah. And I appreciate it. It can be a learned skill. It might come not come to you naturally, but there's plenty of tools out there to make it easier for yourself. But the very fact that you know what you're spending and not spending, the very fact that you know what you're making and not making makes it very easy for you to make smart decisions because you have the information. That's right. You go from, you go from, <laughs> I just wrote this line for a client. You go from hoping to knowing. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Where's the applause button? (laughs) Something. (laughs) One of them. Cheers. Snaps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like from hoping to knowing. Exactly. And with knowing (sighs) comes power, comes empowerment, comes activity, comes let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. 
Make a plan, stick to it. Like, you know how to make a plan to execute. You got yourself this job, Christina. Yes. LFG. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Christina. Also, anytime you need some validation, just call Holland. <laughs> forget this. Um, I, like, and speaking of that, like, you can also go to your friends, your colleagues, your mentors, your champions. Like, I would say, Christina, if there's if there's maybe more imposter syndrome than not right now, it may be because you're hanging out with, like, negative people. And you just, one, need to not, and two, be part of the solution. So instead of hearing the negative gossip bullshit from people around you, Start saying the positive things that the people are doing around you and they will naturally kick back positive things mm-hmm. about you, mm-hmm. right? Like don't go fishing for compliments. Don't be an asshole. But y- you can approach somebody and say like, I really appreciate the way you did this on this project. And that's going to bring about some natural positive conversation that's going to include something positive you did in that project too. Absolutely. And that'll help remind you like, oh yeah, I was the fucking shit. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Um, I, the way I like to think about this is being the thermostat, not the thermometer. Okay. So you're not just like meeting the vibe, you're not just like meeting the negative vibe. You're actively changing the vibe, like a thermostat. If you Ooh. change it, it'll change the temperature okay. rather than just measuring the temperature. Okay. That's the metaphor. I, you know, this metaphor thing is working for you. I know. I'm, I'm getting proud better. Of you. Thanks. I'm proud of you. You can also go to your friends, your colleagues, your mentors, your chairmen, like other people to get validation. Yep. So there are some cases in which managers don't know how to manage. One of the areas in which they don't necessarily know how to manage is giving positive feedback. I have managers all the live long day that can give negative feedback. Hey, you're not doing this. You're not doing this. You're not doing this. Remind me of my parents. Hey, you got an A minus. What the fuck's wrong with you? I'm like, what do you want from me? I got a, I got one A minus. Like, ugh, right? Some managers can be like that. And I I have had the benefit of having a few managers like this, and I had to train them how to give me validation because my mm. love language is words of affirmation, and I need it. I need it all the time. I need it from lots of people because I I get into this like funk with myself too. So. I definitely have had a couple of managers where I kind of chided them about their lack of ability to give me positive feedback. So anytime I would finish a project that I was particularly proud of, I would just march into my manager's office and be like, hey, hey, look at this, look at this. I need a gold star. And just call the elephant in the just room. Just ask for one. Yep. And then I'd show them the thing and like their first thing out of their mouth, a little jokingly was like, this is amazing. This is so good. This is, and then about halfway through teasing, they're like, actually, this is really good. So if, if you're feeling imposter syndrome, one, Welcome. Everyone feels it. You're not alone. Two, there's some ways to mitigate it, some some ways to like interrupt that narrative, but also recognize like this may be because of a deficit that you're feeling in like receiving positive feedback about your work, which is also something to talk to your manager about. Turns out the answer to imposter syndrome is a one-on-one and knowing what you want. Is this always the answer? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Christina, as you continue day four, day five, day six, and so on of this fantastic new job you landed for yourself, don't forget that you've gotten here. You've gotten this far. And that's an incredible accomplishment. It sounds like you know what you want. I think you know what your next three moves are. And I'm excited for you to get there. Don't let imposter syndrome get in the way. Ask for the help you need. Get the data points you need for your managers and other people who can give them to you. Seek out support in order to bolster your sense of growth and learning and validation that that is the way to feel in a new job every time. And in fact, not in a, just in a new job, but every day of a job, whether it's new or not. Got a question for Ask Your Workwife? Record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com. Include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with, hey, workwives. Yeah, 
sound like a disease or something like really bad, like really dangerous even. Like a Benedict Arnold. (laughs) Holland's face is like, I don't get the historical reference. I don't get it. I'm assuming it's accurate. I almost said Benedict Cumberbatch was fine. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, I got excited for a second. (laughs) Where's she going with this? I'm on board. (laughs) Carry on. Bait and switch there. Have you seen the SNL sketch, Why is Benedict Cumberbatch Hot? Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> it's one it's of my favorites. very good. 